Let us turn to God's word and to the gospel according to John. John's gospel, chapter 20. And we read from the verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Now in this portion of scripture, there are two things that I especially want to highlight. There is, first of all, there's a weak saint. That's Thomas. And there is a wonderful saviour. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Both these things are brought out in this story. That the saint of God is weak. And that the saviour of men is wonderful. That stands out. Now first of all then the weak saint. Thomas. How did he manifest his weakness in the things of God? Well, it says there, first of all, in verse 24, though he was one of the twelve, he wasn't with them when Jesus came. Whatever the reason for that may have been, and we could only speculate, but whatever that reason was, it's because of weakness. Some weakness in his life, some weakness in the situation. He was weak in attendance. He wasn't there. The other ones managed to be there. It was an important time. It was a time of calamity for the church, the little church. It was a time of uh, whenever they were being bound together, they needed to be bound together. And yet somehow Thomas isn't here. Has he not sensed the urgency? Has he allowed something to creep in so that he's missing? There's some weakness. He's missing out. And I think John is relating there's a weakness here in Thomas. And that's brought out in what he says afterwards. There's something not right in his life. There's something just not perfect in his heart. So he's weak in attendance, we could say that. He's also weak in faith. Because while he wasn't there, the other disciples, that is the ten, they're coming to him during the week. And they say, we've seen the Lord. There's not one has come. It's not just Peter. It's not just John. 
But the disciples, there's a whole lot of them have come. Maybe they came together. Maybe one or two went at one time and another couple went at another time. But he's hearing this report from disciples, plural, many witnesses, that we saw the Lord. We saw him with our eyes. We're telling you the truth, Thomas. And he doesn't believe. It says there, I will not believe unless these conditions are met, unless I see the prince and put my hand into the side. I won't believe. So he's, he's unbelieving. He's calling his brethren liars. He's provoking them. This isn't a very friendly thing to do. It's not a very kind thing to do to doubt your brethren, especially when they're all green in the matter. So he's a weak believer. He's not a very attractive believer at the moment. In the mouth of these ten witnesses, he's still stubborn and provocative. And he is saying, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. That's one thing. And put my finger into the print of the nails. Not even going to be enough to see them. I'm going to have to put my finger right into the print. And that gushing his side, I'm going to have to put my hand into his side. I'm not going to believe until I do that, until I see that, until I experience that. So he's, he has really set a high standard. He's really stubborn. This isn't faith. This is unbelief. This isn't what the Lord wants in his children. He wants faith. Not these kind of demands of the flesh. So there is, there is a weak weakness in, in Thomas. And brethren and sisters, we are no different. We are weak saints. All of us. Probably a lot weaker than Thomas. We have weak faith. We can be stubborn too. We can miss meetings as well. We can behave in a way that's not consistent too. We're no different. We're all the same. Uh, And if we don't miss meetings, we maybe miss our prayer times. We maybe miss our Bible readings. And when we don't, They're maybe done half-heartedly or rushed, gone through just to keep our conscience right, but really no heart in the business. This is the kind of believers we are very often, isn't it? We're weak. We're given to infirmities of the flesh. Just like Thomas. We're negligent. And so we, we come short. So I want to see ourselves in Thomas, not just to be hypercritical of him and to make a big thing of him personally, but just, it's in the Bible to just remind us we're just all like Thomas, doubting Thomases, inconsistent Thomases, stubborn Thomases, Thomases that our brethren would get impatient with. So there's this weak saint. But then there is this wonderful Savior. We are poor, but he is patient. See, this is what this is about, isn't it? It's not just so much about Thomas. It's about how the wonderful Savior deals with him. This weak believer. What does the Lord do? How he treats him. How he treats him is how he will treat all the weak saints. And us included. What way is the Lord going to treat us? If we miss the meetings, if we are negligent, if we are cold and hard, is he he going to excommunicate us? Is he going to cast us off and have done with us? Never meet with us anymore? Will he be finished with us because we're weak and feeble and faint? 
because we come short? Will the Lord pay us back in kind the way we pay him? Well, the story tells us. What does the Lord do? The Lord doesn't pay him back. The next week, Thomas is at the meeting and the Lord comes. The Lord comes to the meeting. He could have missed the meeting. He could have said, that church is poor. It has a lake of Thomas in it. I'm going to leave them for a week or two and let them feel what it's like. But the Lord's not like that. The Lord stood in the midst. And not only did he stand in the midst, he came for Thomas. He says to them all, peace be still. And then he immediately talks to Thomas. Not to Peter, not to John, not to the the, the ten faithful ones. But he says, Thomas... Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. So here's kindness. Here's patience. Here's gentleness and compassion. This shows us, first of all, that Christ knows our infirmities. Do you see the way the Lord talked to Thomas As if to say, Thomas, I heard you. I know what you said, Thomas. I know the high demands that you set. Now how did the Lord know this? Because the Lord knows all his sheep. Even the weak ones. He watches over the weak ones. He hears the weak ones too. He hears the stubborn ones. He hears the half-backslidden ones. I know what you said, Thomas. And so the Lord is telling him, I, I know what you said. And he, he comes to speak to him and he frames his words in a gentle way to encourage him, to make him believe. So the Lord is showing us here that he knows us in our infirmities. And he's merciful to us in our infirmities. Because he, he offers what Thomas demanded. Reach hither. Put in your finger. Put your hand in my side, Thomas. Only believe. Just don't be faithless anymore. Just believe. You see here the Lord is is merciful. This is great love and patience for the wayward sheep. And it also teaches us, brethren and sisters, that we mustn't be too hard on Christians if we don't think that they're as perfect as they ought to be. Or even if we proudly think as perfect as we are. And I hope we don't think like that. But we ought not to be hard on Christians. On their inconsistencies. On their infirmities. On their imperfections. We ought not to write them off. Maybe the ten did. The Lord will not have any more to do with him. He's a stubborn guy. That's typical Thomas. Oh, Let's go off on our own here. No, they, they might have got impatient with him, but not the Lord. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Reach hither. Don't be faithless anymore. He, he doesn't write him off. He, he wins him. He encourages him. He draws him out. He draws the better out of him. And that's what we should be. We, we shouldn't be hard and critical. and We should rather be encouraging and want to see the lame sheep walk again. To see the dull, doubting believer helped and stronger again. So we should be kind and merciful and patient and compassionate the way the Lord Jesus Christ was. 
So Christians who don't see all the sound teaching the way we do, or they have maybe, there are some Christians that have strange and funny notions, we don't write them off because of that. They're, they're all kinds of saints. We mustn't be too hard. And the amazing thing is, the Lord is so patient and gentle with Thomas. And what is more, his gentle dealings with Thomas make Thomas great. Because he gives one of the greatest confessions in the Bible. This weak saint. This saint who was missing meetings. This saint who was stubborn and provocative to his brethren who was unbelieving. The Lord so gently dealt with him that he come to say, My Lord and my God. He's brought to make this great confession. Now I don't think Thomas had to use his hands and his fingers anymore. The Lord, you know, he, he made himself available for him to do that. But Thomas didn't do that. He had heard enough. It was a word in season by the dear Savior. Because the Lord Jesus knows how to give a word in season. And we as Christians, and I, I, I as a preacher, you have to pray for me that I will be able to do that in the preaching. That I know how to give a word in season. We don't always get it right, but Jesus always gets it right. He knows how to give a word in season to the weak, the weary believer. And to bring him on. And so he brings the, the, the Thomas on and he gives one of the greatest confessions in the Bible. A confession of the supreme deity of Jesus the Christ. My Lord and my God. And the Jehovah Witnesses don't like that. They don't like this confession of Thomas. They water it down. But the Lord drew it out of this weak saint. So the Lord knows how to do that. The gentle Savior, he's able to build us up. And we should endeavor to build one another up. And not knock the, the weak believer down even further. But to encourage them to build one another up in the things of God. And what I'm saying is, brethren and sisters, we, we are this weak saint. And the Lord invites us to the table. And he comes to us with the same gentleness, the same patience, the same kindness to build us up, to strengthen us in our faith, to edify us around the table with his body and with his blood so that we will be led to make this confession too that thou, Lord Jesus, art my Lord and my God. So let us confess this. In his presence. And let us go away from this table. Strengthened. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say? Be strong in the grace. That is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So may his grace strengthen us. Through this feast. Tonight. And to him we shall give all the glory. And all the praise.